The Orlando Magic may not be at rock bottom, but you certainly hope it is. A disappointing loss to the Memphis Grizzlies that only heightens the intensity of this playoff chase. We'll get into the thick of it on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic today is January 27th, 2024. My name is Phil Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, how alarmed should you be by the Orlando Magic's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies? What does it say about the team's present, about the team's future? Or does this team just need to figure it out? We're going to get to all of that in an existential crisis edition of Locked On Magic. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The place we should start is at the end. Um, that's always where you start with these close games, um, because regardless of what we're about to talk about, um, and the issues we'll talk, we were talking about today are issues we would talk about, even if the magic did somehow pull this game out. Um, but let's start here. Paolo Bancaro nearly saved the Orlando magic. Paolo Bancaro nearly helped this magic team pull this game from the jaws of defeat. And that deserves recognition. He scored 12 of his 27 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, With the Magic down by five, he made several big plays and big shots to get the Magic back into the game, to put them in a position to win. He missed some critical shots too, including a free throw, including a dunk, including two three-pointers on one possession. Um, There's a lot to clean up, but the Magic are not anywhere near this game uh, without Paolo Banker. And in fact... While a good chunk of my time after the game was spent trying to just tell people like, yeah, you know, you'd love Paolo to take that last shot, but he made the absolute right read feeding Joe Ingles uh, for the potential game-winning three. And if Joe Ingles hits that three, this segment is devoted to why Paolo Bancaro is clutch again. This segment is devoted to why Paolo Bancaro is just the redeeming quality. And, And again, whether you win or lose, all these issues are present. Paolo Bancaro is really, really good. He played a bad third quarter. He had foul trouble in the first half. Still came through and nearly helped this Magic team win. It's that, actually, that deserves a little bit more conversation. Because this Magic team was good enough to win and defeat a very undermanned Memphis Grizzlies team. Again, as, as always, give all credit to the Memphis Grizzlies. They played so hard. They played so physical. They were the aggressors from the beginning. They took it to the Magic. The Magic were playing uphill the entire way. And they may not have been good enough to hold on to an 11-point lead. They may not have been good enough to to figure out a really tough Magic defense in the second half. They may not have been good enough to put the Magic away. But the Magic on this night were not good enough to win the game. 
And that is part of the problem. We can clearly see the Magic are good enough to win games like this one from Friday night. The Grizzlies won 107-106. Scores on the on the rundown, if you're watching on YouTube. Grizzlies won 107-106. Joe Ingles missed a, ga- a game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer. Wide open shot. I'm not complaining about the shot. I'm not complaining about the decision Paolo made to pass it. It was the right decision. It was the right shot. Joe Ingles is a 41% three-point shooter. Yes, he was sitting on the bench for 20, minute, 20 minutes of real time um, before taking that said shot. But... That's the shot the Magic won. If you're not, if you're upset about Joe Ingles taking a wide open three, I, you know I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but to for the Magic to get themselves in that position, to play the kind of defense they had to play, to get into that position, to do all that just shows us how good this Magic team can be, and it shows us that the Magic did not play that way. This entire game. You know, I look, the Magic should have won this game. This is a game you expect to win. When we looked at the seven games leading into the All-Star break, after this little break that the Magic had throughout through the middle of the week, we said Memphis is a win. That is a game the Magic should win, just like Detroit and San Antonio are wins. That gives you three of those seven, and then you just got to steal one more. And maybe if you're four and three, Everything calms down heading into the trade deadline. You say, okay, the Magic are starting to figure it out. They're starting to right the ship. They're starting to pick up ground again. We can relax a little bit. Maybe we don't need to make drastic changes. This kind of loss is the kind of loss that makes you rethink that. And again, I want to give the Memphis Grizzlies credit. They were the better team. But these are the kind of losses where after two days of practice and three days off, the Magic's defense looked slow, looked a step slow all night long. They were not able to execute their defensive strategy. And look, they figured it out in the second half. But as Paolo Bancaro said after the game, they turned it up too late. The fact that they understood they turned it up too late tells me they could have turned it up earlier and executed better and been more focused. They played like a team that slept walked through the game, that felt like they could show up and win. Well, guess what? This is the NBA. You know you can't do that. And it's human nature. And the Magic talked about it and were trying to guard against it. It's human nature. It happens. But that that's what they did. And again, we can see this team, despite doing that, was still good enough to win. Still had the ability to win the game. But too many times they missed opportunities. Another eight missed free throws, 21 for 29 from the foul line. Uh, Some more poor three-point decisions. Five of their 11 turnovers in the third quarter with a chance to take control of the game. Um, Giving up 12 three-pointers in the first half. Losing track of Luke Kennard on several occasions. Getting out-muscled and outworked in the paint. With Jaron Jackson Jr. just pushing and shoving Wendell Carter around. And and look, Wendell was trying. Jaron's a big dude. But these are all bigger issues. These are all ultimately bigger questions for the Magic to answer. So is this an alarming loss? Is this loss a wake-up call? The answer to that question is yes. It is a wake-up call that this team has to be better. After starting the season 14-5, and five, Orlando is now 9-17. and 17. 
9 and 17 over their last 26 games. That's more than a quarter of the season. 9 and 17 is a 28 win pace for an 82 game season. I'm sorry. This is not a 28 win team, or at least they shouldn't be. I'm not saying that they're a 14 and 5 team. 14 and 5 is, let me math real fast. 14 and 5 is a 60 win team. This is not a 60 win team either. But they've been playing the last quarter plus of the season at a 28 win pace. That's not going to get the job done. And again, this game can be symbolic of the bigger picture of the season. We can see how good this team's defense can be. We can see how good Paolo Bancaro can be. We can understand conceptually that this team is better than their record. And yet they're not executing and playing like it. And that raises a whole host of new questions. That raises a whole host of new issues to figure out. Because in many ways, this game is symbolic and exemplary of all the big issues that we're talking about with this group and that we're trying to figure out with this group as that trade deadline approaches. The message from the Orlando Magic was to stick together and figure it out. But undoubtedly, as we look at this game, there are, ex- there are issues that the Magic probably can only solve externally. We're going to go bit by bit through what went wrong for the Orlando Magic and the loss of the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's the first ever national sports streaming channel on YouTube. You can find uh, the latest from local experts like me, as well as our national shows covering all the big stories in sports. Check it out today, Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. I'll, you know... I will admit that I'm going to be a, a tick late on this. Um, I criticize Jamal Mosley sometimes for being a, a tick late on adjustments. And, and you know, I, I'm not someone that's going to rush to judgment. Uh, I will admit that. That is that is part of who I am. That's part of the way I approach these things. I'm not someone that's going to overreact to one bad loss, one bad game. There are 82 of these things. You're going to have a few stinkers. And sometimes those stinkers will come in games like this. It happens. I would say the Magic did have a stinker, but coming off of Monday's loss, certainly extremely disappointing that this is the way that the Magic played. And again, we know they can play a whole lot better. That 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 is the driving point here. We know this team is not living up to its potential. And again, not a 14-5 and five potential, but we know that this team is better than a 500 team. They, they are a 43-44, maybe 45-win team. And right now they're playing like a 30-win team. And, and that is plainly unacceptable. The question, and so I, I've come around on this as we've watched this team develop, as we've watched this team come together. As a group today, this team is probably going as far as they're going to go this year. Yes, Paolo Bancaro will get better. Franz Wagner will get better. Players will get better. 
But if this Magic team ends up in the 7-8 game, I find it hard to believe that this group, as currently constructed, is ever going to do more than be in the 7-8 game. And again, y'all may have made that conclusion sooner. You may be saying, Philip, I've been saying that for, for weeks. Why are you just coming to this? I'll admit to being late. I want some more data. I want to give these guys a chance. I am a big believer that you should give these guys a chance. That's that these players have earned that opportunity. And I will say this again. Um, I, I know I wrote this on my Patreon page. I will say it to you here. These seven games, including Friday night, leading into the All-Star break are the seven most important games, or heading into the trade deadline, are the seven most important games of the season. The Magic are going to determine whether they're going to stick with this group or move on over the course of these next seven games. And, and frankly, Friday's game may have pushed some conclusion. You know, I don't know if it single-handedly pushes conclusions sooner, but Friday's game exemplified all the ways this Magic team is deficient and why what they need isn't on the roster. Look, Jonathan Isaac, you know, the Magic talked about this after the game, and Jonathan Isaac and Paolo Bancaro all said the right things. They're not concerned with what they don't have. They can only be worried with the players that they do have. And, and I do run into this comment a lot where they're saying, where someone tells me the Magic got to get some shooting, the Magic got to get some shooting. Like, I, I, I'll be like, I don't, you know, I don't disagree. But I will say this too. This team has shown us that they can win without shooting. They can be a bad shooting team and still win. It's harder. It makes you a little bit more one-dimensional. It makes you susceptible to bad nights like this one and the Magic. I think the Ma I think I counted. The Magic now had 14 games where they shot less than 30% from three. I have no clue what that ranks the rest of the league, but we all know what the Magic's biggest weakness is. And if the Magic could make a darn three-pointer, they win this game. And we could say that about a lot of games. The two for 30, the two for 28 performance against Cleveland uh, back in December. There are a lot of these games. And look, uh, you follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I'm going to look it up probably first thing in the morning. I'm going to look at NBA.com's tracking stats. And I will probably tell you that something like 30 of the Magic's 34 three pointers in this game, the closest defender was four or more feet away. The quality of the Magic shots aren't the problem. Orlando shot nine for 34 from three, by the way. Paolo Bancaro was two for nine. I did not love his shot selection on a lot of those threes, just kind of rushing threes. He had two really bad misses um, with the Magic down by two with about 2.30 to play. Again, missed opportunities, but Cole Anthony was over for four. Joe Ingles was over for four. Those are reliable three-point shooters that miss shots. Again, you can live with making or missing shots sometimes, uh, but... This is a repeated problem. And undoubtedly, it's a problem that's increasingly difficult to overcome. If the, you know, the Magic work really hard to make up this ground. Again, Memphis made 12 of their 15 three-pointers. There are 15, 12 of their 15 makes came in the first half. They were 15 for 41 for the game. That's 36.6%. They had a six three-pointer advantage. That's eight three-point. That's eight. That's a six three-pointers, 18 points. Orlando made up 13 of those points at the foul line. Orlando does. Orlando makes up for their lack of three-point shooting by getting to the foul line, which they did in this game. They were 21 of 29 from the foul line. Again, you miss eight free throws in a one-point game, including two down the stretch. That stuff kills you. Orlando got outscored in the paint 50 to 48. That is usually a huge, huge weakness for Orlando. 
Now, only getting 38 field goal attempts in the paint instead of scoring their usual 50 to 50, you know, instead of scoring like 55, which is their average is around 52, 53. The, the magic are, what, what I'm trying to get at here is the magic are constantly working uphill. And, and, and honestly, like, that's the thing I'm tired of. That's the thing I'm tired of saying because if the magic were a normal team, if the Magic were a normal shooting team, I'm not even saying an exemplary shooting team. If they shoot 33%, you know, if they shoot uh, 33%, that's 11 threes. They make two more threes in a one-point game, they win. 11 threes when you're giving up 15, and this was a bad three-point shooting defense night for the Magic, you're winning those games. That's not just 33%. That's below average. We're not even asking for a lot. This team needs shooting. And the fact that they had to bring Joe Ingles cold off the bench to just give them a little bit of spacing to make the defense think that they might make a three. That's, that's the hard part. Um, so again, like the magic have enough to solve this problem. If the magic don't make a move at the trade deadline, they have enough to, to, to keep themselves afloat this season. Again, we know they're better than this, but unfortunately for the last quarter Plus of the season, they haven't played better than this. And yeah, injuries are a big factor in that, but the offense continues to just be horrendously bad. And even though the Magic have one of the best defenses in the league and played great defense in this game, giving up only 39 points in the second half, they give up 37 in the second quarter, they give up 39 the rest of the game. The Magic put themselves in a position to win. Their defense did everything humanly possible to win this game. And once again, the offense dropped the ball. Once again, the Magic couldn't make shots. They couldn't make good decisions. And a lot of that is, you know, you watch some of the turnovers the Magic had in that third quarter. Some of it was just over-eagerness. Some of it is just youth. But this team lacks poise. And so, again, these are the big weaknesses. Shooting, first and foremost. But there's a reason why we talked Malcolm Brogdon and Tyus Jones to start our trade deadline tour. There's a reason why like DeJounte Murray is on my list next. It's There's a reason why we're going through these veteran point guards. People pitch to Dennis Schroeder. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of point, you know, the Magic needs some veteran poise. And yeah, a guy in the starting lineup who can hit a shot from the guard spot that can at least get the defense's respect. Um, you know, again, the, the the defender came off of Joe Ingles, even though Joe Ingles is a 41% three-point shooter. Again, stopping Paolo is the right move, but whew, you're just not making them pay for these decisions. And even then, teams aren't scared of the Magic. It's good shooters making threes. So yes, you know, the Magic need to stick together. They can't let this one, they can't let this loss or the Cleveland loss snowball and make things worse. But, here's, but honestly, the thing is, it's already worse. The thing is, the Magic are already playing at a level they should not be playing at. They should have graduated from this level already. You know, you're 500, whatever. You're playing at a 35-win pace for a quarter of the season, whatever. That keeps you in the game. The Magic are 9-17 and 17 over the last 26 games. Um, that might have made us happy two years ago when we were still in a rebuild mode. You're losing one game for every two for every three that you're you're winning one game for every three that you play. That that that's that's fun when you're just starting to rebuild. 
but this is a playoff team. And so the Magic have to start figuring that part out. The Magic have to start playing up to their potential. We know what they need. And look, Marco Fultz, I thought, had a really nice game. We'll get to the box score here in a minute. But down the stretch, the Magic were running Anthony Black. And you could tell the Magic lacked experience. They lacked poise to get the best shots, to make the right plays. And Paolo Bancaro is brilliant. Like, he is doing stuff in spite of this. But I think I'll be late. I'll be last on this train. The the things that will solve the Magic's problems are external. And a game like this just crystallizes that more. Yes, this team needs to stick together. Yes, they need to find a way. Yes, they have enough. But I think we all know, and I think we can all conclude, this group can only go so far. And we might be bumping up against that ceiling right now. We'll go through the box score, update you on the playoff standings and situation. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. So, uh, you know, again, I want to I want to stress this. Like, this was a game of missed opportunities. Um, the Magic are good enough to win this game. They should have won this game. Again, no offense to Memphis. Listen to Locked On Grizzlies. I'm sure they're celebrating a, a really nice win for them. Their guys played. Their guys played harder. They were first to every loose ball. They were draining threes. The Magic, the Magic couldn't figure them out for a half. And even then, the Magic were still in the game. It wasn't like the Magic were blown out of this thing and they had to scramble to get back in. Uh, but the the Magic put themselves in the hole as much as Memphis put them in. And again, Memphis has to take it. You have to take advantage of opportunities. Yada 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 yada. I don't want to take anything away from Memphis, but the Magic lost this game. Like the Magic had enough to win this game, and they didn't. And right now, like so much of what we're talking about are missed opportunities. It was. A stretch of, you know, it's five turnovers. They didn't lead to any Memphis points, but they're missed opportunities that, that the match could have used to take the lead, build some momentum, get a fast break. You know, a lot of them came on fast breaks where the Magic just threw the ball around and missed shot and missed even opportunities to get a shot. It's missing open threes and, and building that momentum and confidence that you need. It's the missed free throws, 21 of 29 from the foul line. Look, 29 free throws is exactly what the match need to do. You're making two more of those. If you're 24 of 29, you're 25 of 29. You're not going to make all your free throws, obviously. You're 25 of 29. You're only missing four. You win this game. You don't even, you're not even playing from behind. Your defense can get the job done if you make your free throws. And it's missed opportunities now in the standings. Look, the Magic are losing a lot of games right now. They're still gaining ground in the standings. Like, like, Indiana's starting to run away from them a little bit. Big win for the Pacers tonight against the Suns. But the Magic had an opportunity to tie the Heat for seventh. And they'll get that opportunity again next Tuesday, probably, uh, when they head to Miami. Miami is really struggling right now. Magic need to tie that season series to give them give them a chance to host that 7-8 game. But the Magic had an opportunity to tie Miami tonight. They didn't. Their game back of Miami, two and a half back of Indiana for six. Two and a half ahead of Chicago in eighth. 
the Magic have slipped considerably down the standings, and and you know we all banked on the schedule getting easier, and and a game like Memphis is a is is the schedule getting easier, and they didn't get the job done. At the end of the day, they still got to get the job done. And right now, it, it's a struggle to get there. Plain and simple, it is a struggle for this team to get where it needs to be, to get where it wants to go. And that's why, honestly, like a loss like this increases the urgency. Again, I will, I will, you know, you're probably sitting there saying like, Phil, I've been saying to Magic need to make a trade. I've been, you know, hovering on that. A loss like this makes you feel the urgency and the need to make a trade. To, to say what we have is not enough, even for what we want to accomplish this year, as small as that might be. And we might have to do something more immediately to get us back on the right track. The Magic only have six games left to show Jeff Weltman and company that they can get back on the right track. And look, we're all sitting here saying they need shooting. We know that. They probably need a more long-term option and a shooter at point guard. This game proved that in a lot of ways as the Magic looked disorganized and looked just a, really off at the point of attack defensively. Um, they, they didn't get good shots all the time. They got rushed. They took rush shots. They took bad shots. The ball didn't get, you know, Paolo is essentially point guard, so the ball's always in his hands. But sometimes you need a, a, on an offensive rebound, a guard to say, hey, stop, get a shot. Don't just jack up the first thing that you get. Magic needed that. They needed that calm and that poise, and, and they're missing that. We can see if we can see all this, management can see all this. And that's why it very much feels like as these losses pile up, as the magic continue to struggle to find their footing, to find that groove, to find that 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 vibe again, that this team may I, I don't want to say this team peaked in November. I think they will get better. I think they will figure some things out. But this team's this team is struggling to overcome its deficiencies more and more. And the energy and the the vibe of the early part of the season is gone. We are in the grind. We are in the we are in the random Friday in January when you got to find your energy. And this team is finding it difficult to find that energy over and over again. Let's go through the box score, though. Paolo Bancaro, uh, another fantastic game. He scored 27 points, scored 12 of his 27 in the fourth quarter, ended up 8 for 20 from the floor, 2 for 9 from 3. That makes him 6 for 11 on twos, which is really nice. 9 for 11 at the foul line. Again, missed a big free throw late, but you know, 9 for 11 from the foul line will get the job done. 5 rebounds, 6 assisted, half 3 turnovers. Um, the Magic are not in this game without Paolo Bancaro. Uh, you know, he kind of skated through the second. He was in foul trouble in the second quarter. Didn't play a lot that allowed Memphis to take the lead. Um, he didn't really play great in the third quarter. Uh, and that kind of, you know, the Magic eventually picked up their pace and, and got back into the game. But um, but that that prevented the Magic, I think, from getting ahead. Paolo was carrying this team. And you could see him start to get himself going in that fourth quarter. He carried the team through the fourth quarter. Like, that, like. I, I, I do think Paolo Bancaro will be named an all-star on Thursday. The Magic's record is going to be the thing that hurts him. And if, the, if, if he ends up not being an all-star, it's going to be on the team. <laughs> it's not going to be on Paolo. He's doing everything he can. It's going to be on this team 
for not stepping up to the plate and, and picking up wins when they needed to pick up wins. Um, you know, again, voting, you know, the Magic will play their last game before votes are turned in probably Monday in Dallas. That they, they do play Wednesday at San Antonio. Um, you know, Palo's Palo's made his case and made a statement. The team may, may be the thing that prevents him from making it, but he is playing at an all-star level. That that much should be perfectly clear. Franz Wagner had a decent game, 18 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 4 for 8 from 3, 2 for 3 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, did have 5 turnovers. Um, Franz, I thought, got into a good rhythm from 3, although he still missed a few shots. Um, it still just looks like he's working his legs back in, into, into rhythm. Uh, you know, again, and I think one of the things we do have to keep in mind is these guys are not automatons. It does take a little bit coming back from injury to get kind of fully back into the swing of things. There are, you know, the Magic are trying to keep playing groups intact. They're trying to keep their their players together. Um, it still takes a little while for lineups to figure themselves out. As good as that Miami game looked, I, I do think one of the things, and again, the Magic still should have won this game. I'm not excusing the loss, but it does still feel like the Magic are kind of getting their feel back together as a group right now. And that explains some of the inconsistency uh, for this team. Uh, you know, I think Franz is, is still getting his legs under him. So hopefully... That comes sooner than later, but again, still did decent to get his numbers. Wendell Carter, a solid game offensively, 20 points, eight for nine shooting, two for three from deep, nine rebounds for him, um, two block shots. Just uh, Wendell Carter's versatility offensively is why he's the starter. As much as people love Goga Batadze, love and like Mo Wagner, Wendell Carter's versatility is why he's starting. He's usually a good defender, but this was a particularly bad defensive game for him. Jaron Jackson Jr. scored 30 points, 13 for 30, shooting one for five from three, three for four from the foul line, eight rebounds for uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. There were just a lot of possessions where Jaron Jackson Jr. got the ball in maybe the mid post, did a big, hard dribble move, and just pushed Wendell Carter off of his spot, you know, just bumped him out of his spot. And Wendell Carter just really struggled with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s size. Wasn't that Wendell Carter, you know? Wendell Carter didn't necessarily play bad defense. He just got out muscled. He, and, and, you know, toward, you know, Wendell got his shots in. He, he adjusted. He made some better plays in the second half. But the Magic really struggled to handle Jaron Jackson Jr. Because Jaron, Jaron Jackson Jr. made quick moves, physical, aggressive moves that just dislodged Wendell Carter and took him out of his spot. Um, so a rough game on that front for Wendell, but he did make up for a lot of it on the offensive end. And, and that part is impressive. His versatility offensively is just so valuable for this team. Um, Marco Fultz at 10 points, five for seven shooting three assists in 21 minutes. I thought he played really, really well, did a good job getting downhill, did a good job getting into pockets. He found ways to score. Obviously still not a stretch beyond still obviously not really a threat beyond layups. Um, his real problem though, is his defense. Uh, Fultz really struggled at the point of attack. He lost Luke Kennard on several occasions in the second quarter. Um, if you look at the second quarter box score, Fultz was minus four. Um, you know, he really struggled kind of tracking Luke Kennard and, and Memphis wasn't running a traditional point guard that like Kennard and, Con and John Contra were the, were the point guards. Kennard was five for 10 from three. Uh, Fultz really struggled at the, again, at the same, same deal as against Cleveland, just struggled to keep his man in front of him and navigate screens it was, it, it, that's not all Fultz's fault. The defensive communication in the first half was just god-awful. Again, it's not the level of detail that you need. Like So much of what the Magic's problems are, are details. It's being at the level of screen. It's being locked in and on a string defensively, which again, the Magic found in the second half. Like They got a huge 24-second shot clock violation that gave them the ball and a chance to win with 4.8 seconds left. Just beautiful, beautiful defense. One of the best defensive possessions of the season. 
Um, their defense stepped up late in this game. But again, they were put in that position because the defense didn't step up early in the game. They got to do, you got to do your work early, just like the post play. You got to do your work early. Um, so, so a, a, a mixed bag for Markell's offense does seem to be coming a little bit easier now. Just got to get that defense back. Cause that's, that's one of the things that he's really valuable at for this team. Uh, the bad news, Jalen Suggs only played four and a half minutes in this game. Missed both of his shots. He ended up banging these in the first quarter left with what is being described as a, as a bruised knee. Um, that was a big absence in this game. Not going to lie. His, you know, his defense was certainly missed. Um, his energy was certainly missed as well. Um, but the, again, Magic still should have won the game without him. Hopefully Suggs is back Sunday uh, against the Suns. Off the bench, Mo Wagner scored 12 points. Jonathan Isaac, 10 points, played 22-09, finished the game for the Magic, deserved to finish the game, got some good defensive possessions on uh, on Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, in, the sec- in the fourth quarter. Did not get credited with a block, which does not seem right. I think he definitely had one, but... Um, Isaac, Isaac had one of his better, more active games. Uh, you know, I was definitely for closing with him, closing with Franz at the two. I, I didn't like necessarily playing Anthony Black at, at that spot. Anthony Black missed all three of his shots, only scored two points, uh, had five fouls, and two of those fouls are just really cheap reach-ins that were not smart. Um, but, you know, the Magic went for defense in, that, in those closing moments, and that's what they got, and they didn't score enough, obviously, to win the game. Cole Anthony, 5.7 rebounds, 4 assists, did shoot just 2 for 8 from the floor, and again, 0 for 4 from deep. Orlando shoots 46.9% from the floor, 9 for 34 from beyond the arc, 21 for 29 from the foul line. They only have 11 turnovers, but again, 5 of them coming in the third quarter when the Magic had an opportunity to take the lead, kind of start building some momentum, just momentum-killing plays. Again, so much of this game is just missed opportunities. Um, The Magic had lots of opportunities to take control of this game, the magic had, you know, the magic fought. They grinded. They, they, you know, they took that big. They took some big punches from Memphis. Memphis was not a team that was going to knock them out. Like that again, no offense to Memphis. This just isn't a team that was going to knock them out. You know, they got some really big performances. Like I said, Jaron Jackson Jr. thirty points. Luke Kennard fifteen points. Zay- Zaire Williams off the bench seven for ten shooting seventeen points three for six from three. Uh, you know, they got some really good things. They had 30 assists in the game. You know, Memphis was really dangerous and, and really made the magic pay in a lot of ways for their, for their lax defense, but they were never a team that was going to completely knock this magic team out. They let Orlando hang around Orlando gave them, you know, Orlando took advantage of that opportunity. And again, just came one shot short, just from the magic perspective. We know this magic team can play better to where they don't need to wait for Memphis to let them hang around. This is a game the magic needed to take. And the Magic didn't take it. And, and that's ultimately, I think, the bigger concern for this team and, and the bigger concern as we get closer to the trade deadline to say, what do the Magic need? This is a game that makes you question a lot of those things because Orlando could and should play better. This isn't just a, a, an issue of making or missing shots. If we're just that, and it was like, oh, Memphis had a nice shooting night. And look, Zaire Williams made some tough threes and Memphis made some tough threes. But if it was just a night where, well, Memphis made some shots, it is what it is. That would be one thing. And Orlando missed some shots. That would be one thing. This was an issue of Orlando was not aggressive. Orlando did not get downhill. Orlando did not play their style of basketball on offense. And defensively, they were not sharp and they were not tight. And and that is a huge issue for this team, especially coming off of two days of practice when we expected this team to come out a little bit sharper defensively. Giving up 31 points in the first quarter after having two days off and two or having three days off and two practices, that's just unacceptable. That's just not coming out ready to play. Um, you know, whether that's on the coaches for maybe going too light on these guys, whether that's on the players for 
not taking the opponent seriously. It, it's just a general lack of poise and maturity that playoff teams have to have. And again, I've said this a million times. We're thinking about April. This was not a playoff performance. You know, sometimes you just have a night where you just got to gut out a win. You got to find a way to win a game ugly. Magic are usually pretty good at that. Um, they couldn't find their way, and, and and that's been an increasing problem for this team. You know, they've dropped some games that they should have won. They should have beat Miami in Miami a couple weeks ago. They should have beat Atlanta in Atlanta uh, last week. These are games the Magic should win um, and, and are good enough to win, uh, but they're struggling to put these pieces together. And, and again, time is running out. The Magic have decisions to make. Uh, they should. They they know where they should be. They know what they're capable of, and they're not playing up to that that capability. And, and that's only going to increase the pressure to make some decisions and make some tough calls to shape this roster into what it should be plain and simple. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them. We podcasts to your podcast and listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure, out, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. And of course, if you want to watch this podcast, you can find it on YouTube. Search for Locked on Magic. You can also check out my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub. You can find that at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub for exclusive uh, exclusive articles as well as uh, occasional uh, playbook videos as well. So we'll get to you get to get all that uh, for one low price and you get to support me, which is very, very cool because I, I I appreciate all your support and you know you allows me to uh, cover the magic uh, at the level that I cover it as well. Don't forget to check out, now that you're on Listen to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. You can check that out. Hear from local local hosts like me, as well as our national shows covering all the big stories in sports. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. On our next episode, we'll recap the Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns. We'll do that Sunday night, Monday morning. So be sure to check that out. Hopefully it is not too bad with the way scoring has been going with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but... The schedule marches on. You got to play the teams in front of you. And, you, and as Memphis showed tonight, you always have a chance. We know the Magic are capable of beating Phoenix. We saw them almost do it a couple of weeks ago. They got to they got to get themselves ready and they got to put themselves back in a position to win. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman, Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.